Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome to the She Slays the Day podcast with Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Direct, soulful, comedic, advice for female chiropractors' most stagnating questions. Let's talk business, marriage and relationships, momming, and self-development. Here's your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick. Okay, She Slayers. So before we jump right into this episode, I wanted to take a moment to recognize the passing of Dr. Jeannie Ohm. Um, any chiropractors listening, I don't need to tell you what she was for our profession. Now to the non-chiropractors listening, you need to realize that we lost a fucking legend last week. If you know, in fact, if you know a pediatric or prenatal chiropractor in your life, go give him a hug because um, this, this shook us. This woman was like breaking glass ceilings and moving mountains in our profession, like way before the ratio of graduating classes was 50-50 men-women. Um, she was just like a beacon of light in advancing pediatric and prenatal chiropractic. She taught thousands, pretty much any chiropractor who knows anything about mommies and babies learned from this woman. And I am going to go back and remove out pretty much literally every pediatric or prenatal chiropractor learned from this woman. Um, she put the fear of God in us if we dared accidentally say that Webster technique turned babies. Like, right? Like she would roll over in her grave right now if she thought any of us were implying that Webster technique could turn a breech baby. It can't. Um, she had us at one point, like just moved with tears. Oh my God. I remember I was at a conference and she showed this, <laughs> this video of an elephant giving birth. Um, and I'm bawling because the baby elephant, uh, basically comes out dead, right? Like in the video, you're like that, that el baby elephant is dead. And so everyone's bawling. Everyone is silent. And I remember turning to the person next to me. I don't even know if I knew them or not. And I said, if this goddamn video ends with that baby elephant still dead, I am standing up booing and running out of this room crying. So, uh, the baby elephant got adjusted by the mama elephant. Basically, okay, every non-chiro, or if you haven't seen the video, you're thinking I'm crazy, but like the mom chiro, or mom elephant takes her trunk, wraps it around the baby elephant's neck and does this like yank and the baby elephant comes to life. Like it's insane. Oh my God. Um, so anyways, she was great. She was, it, it just feels like we lost her too soon. So 
with that, uh, I want to shift a little into my interview today, who is another leg- a legend within the pediatric chiropractic world. Uh, Dr. Nancy Cooper has been in practice for over 25 years. She comes from a long line of chiropractors. I swear she said, I think she says it in the interview, like 20 some chiropractors in the family or like 21 years. Um, she's done pretty much every pediatric training ever to exist. She's done them all. Um, and she currently serves on the board of the Women Chiropractors Association. We hit up a lot of topics in this interview, including like what it's like growing up in such a chiropractic, strong, phil- philosophical house, um, her journey through burnout in practice and realizing that um, she was going to do things her own way and all the crazy mom guilt that we put on ourselves as mama Kairos. So she's really an amazing woman. And I'm super excited for you to hear this conversation. But first, I have to tell you all about special discounts just for our She Slayers. So if you go to sheslayspodcast.com forward slash She Slays Savings, because Kirby hates me and he just wants me to say Sally sells seashells by the seashore every time I have to say that website, she slays shavings, um, you will see some of our special savings for you guys. So one is 10% off Sandy Spines. She is a super awesome watercolor artist. Uh, she has an Etsy store, lots of just different spines. They're beautiful artwork for um, your practice. And you can use promo code she slays to get 10% off. Um, or you can get 20% off your first month of coaching with the one and only Megan Sanvey, which is uh, episode 10. Go back if you didn't listen to that yet. Um, she's a woman who kicks my ass in the gym virtually every week. I am cursing her. She uh, makes these really custom workout programs for me. Um, she was helping me with like eating and losing weight and just like my, my health goals, getting my mind right. Um, but right now, our number one goal is getting a Beyonce booty. So uh, you can get 20% off your first month of coaching with her. There's more details on the website. And then finally, 20% off your first month with the Progressive app from Connected and Inspired Media. They just launched, ooh, I think like a month or two ago. Um, and I got to be a part of their beta team to like test out the app. It's so beautiful and well done. It's an app for pediatric and prenatal chiropractors to use with their patients to save time. Um, so you're not having to like show all of these different exercises for kids on brain neurodevelopment and pregnant moms. Um, is just really well done. So it's an app for your practice to your patients. And again, promo code, you guessed it, she slays. So we're going to read our review. Uh, This one comes from Trey Goss. I don't know. Or maybe it's maybe that's short for Tracy Goss or um yeah I don't know what else that would be I I love how I like to dig in though to each and every one like hmm what's your screen name mean so this says the podcast is exactly what we female chiropractors and entrepreneurs need and we didn't even know it Lauren is like your best friend she's cool and candid and her heart is definitely to serve she speaks to the areas of life that we as women are told not to make a big deal about and gives real practical advice for running a practice and living your life. Listen and love it. Thank you so much. Seriously, I appreciate those a lot. Sometimes when I can't sleep, I just go and watch reviews or listen to reviews about you guys talking about me. I'm just joking. I'm not that pathetic. Um, But I do really appreciate them and love them. So right before we kick into our conversation, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And like I said in the past, a million times, if this ain't for you, fast forward 30 seconds, it's fine. 
Dear beautiful and glorious God, you stole a good one from us this month, um, leaving us a bit speechless. I trust that she's up there adjusting everyone barefoot, um, caring for all the babies and mamas up in heaven. Her body will be missed, um, but her spirit and passion hopefully will live on in each of us to continue the amazing work she started. Please help us realize that one person never could have moved the mountain before us and that it's going to involve all of us stepping into our own glory that you've planted in us um, and working together to get this shit done. Love you so much. Amen. All right. And with that, here is my conversation with the one and only Dr. Nancy Cooper. Press record. All right. We're officially recording. My biggest fear is that I do like the greatest interview ever and I didn't hit record. I'm like, oh, yeah. whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, Dr. Nancy Cooper, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm excited that you're spending, neither of us work Fridays, so yet here we are working, right? (laughs) This is a great way to spend a Friday, that's for sure. Um, So I know of you, you and I have like, um, I don't want to say a weird history with each other of like, never really formally meeting, but being in the same room and in the same like group many times over the last like five, six years, our paths just keep crossing. Yeah, they do. Especially since we kind of practice the same. So I think yeah, yeah it's a small of, pond. Yeah. Like female <laughs> chiropractors wanting to impact other chiropractors who really only care about pediatrics and right. how, like kind of run together. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> So, but for those that don't know of you, uh, will you share, I mean, you've got to be sick of answering this question. I, but like, it's just so, I need to know, can you please tell us just kind of like, what's your story? How'd you get into chiropractic? How long you been in practice? What are you doing now? Um, yeah, so I'm like a kid. Um, my dad's a chiropractor. Um, my, my uncle, and um, my dad both started the family practice, the family um, profession, I suppose. There's 22 of us now in the profession. So I grew up, and they were pretty hardcore philosophy. They're the Michigan doctors that um, they all used to hang out with, you know, the Sid Williams and those guys okay. back in the day. So they had these like monthly get together so that we were so involved in chiropractic as kids because we'd go to the meetings with the dads and um, play with the other chiropractic kids. So, you know, and, and I would sit in his little, um, lay lectures he'd have, um, you know, first patients cause he had really big cookies. So if I listened to the lecture, I got the cookie. So <laughs> I listened to those for years. And then I started kind of, um, talking to my little friends about chiropractic and I just really developed a passion for it and developed, um, I kind of wanted the world to be like that, like how I was living. And so in middle school, I decided to become a chiropractor. And so I set my whole high school curriculum geared up to go into Palmer because that's where my dad went. So I had to go there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have to actually. He wanted me to go to Parker because he thought Parker had a better business college. He thought we needed business, which I thought was interesting. But I went to Palmer because that's where we all went. And um you know, I got out early. I was like only 23 when I graduated. And did you lie about your age? I was like, I had turned 24, like a month prior to getting my license. And so I remember like for the first two, three years, patients would just look at me with this like crooked eyebrow of like, 
how old are you? And I know, like, right? ah, I'm not telling. And they're like, no, seriously, how old are you? And I'm like, no, seriously, I'm not telling. <laughs> yeah, they didn't ask me, but they always would comment how young I looked, <laughs> which was a little hard. So it was, um, so I've been in practice 32 years now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been great. It's been a journey. I've learned a lot and um, made a lot of mistakes. And um, hopefully I have it right now, but I'm sure I'll make more mistakes. But right. yeah, that, that is life. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So a couple of things I want to dig into deeper on that is like what, so you talked about what being like this Cairo kid mm-hmm. was like, I don't, I, first of all, just a story from this morning, like I am not nailing raising Cairo kids. Like my kids get adjusted every week. We like come hell or high water. Do they get antibiotics? But like literally this morning, my four-year-old is, she woke up last night with a fever, puked and we're like, all right, well, I guess you're staying home today. So I'm holding her downstairs while I'm drinking coffee and she's fine. She's not even running a fever anymore. She's like running around. She goes, mom, I want to go to the doctor. Oh, And so, because like going to the hospital is like fun. They get to go like once a year, they don't get stabbed. So like their experience is not traumatic. They get, you know, like, um, and so my husband goes, Ty, you are literally being held by a doctor, right? Like we're trying to like teach them. And she goes, no, I want to go to the real doctor. Oh, heart. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I just like, we both just roll our eyes and we're like, I don't know. I don't know how much to like cram that philosophy down their damn throat. But I can tell you, I am not nailing this uh, philosophical chiropractor in the home. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the difference is when I was a kid, people didn't go to the doctor as much as they're going now. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. I don't remember my little friends, only the really sick ones would go to the doctor, but you didn't ever hear of your friends going to the doctor very often. And um, we never had a doctor. Um, my dad was our doctor. And if we were sick, we'd just go get adjusted. So I've never, when I was a kid, I never actually went to a medical doctor. Um, in fact, I don't think I was until I was in my 20s that, you know, you had to go for your girl stuff that I finally went to a doctor. Um, I never did go and I didn't hear about it around me. But I think now because kids are going to the doctor so often, the school requires them to have yeah. a note that so they have to go to the doctor. You know, the kids kind of feel left out. Like my daughter, you know, she said the same thing to me. Like, I want to go to the doctor. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and like, and where does this real doctor, like, where do you hear that? And she said that like for the first time, I think when she was like two and a half. And we were just like, oh my gosh, it's like innate. How is this innate? Oh, how does she have like, no, mom, you're not a real doctor. I'm like, damn you kids. <laughs> um, so that is really cool because one of the questions I was going to, I had planned on asking you because I, you know, I wanted to talk about momming and kids and all this stuff is, do you think that men feel some of the same guilt, but like hearing that your dad, even back in the time where, I mean, was your mom working? No. Right. So like you could have easily stayed home. Like there was no need, I'm assuming for you to be going to those new patient um, seminars or, you know, whatever that was. Yeah. But like your dad was bringing you along and like you were hanging out in the office and things like that. And so I think that, you know, does kind of answer of like, well, at least your dad did feel 
the need to share that with you and oh yeah they were very um I mean their world was chiropractic you know everything their friends were chiropractors um it was everything you know it's I didn't know any different really um and our his office was in our house too so okay. he had one of those home practices so I got to interact with the patients too um who thought my dad was wonderful and I thought oh my gosh to be able to have people think that of you how cool would that be <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. yeah so I um you know made me look up to him even more you know with what he did so do you think, you know, when we look back on like the time of the Fred Barges and the Sigafoos and like all that, like the glory days of, I mean, it was all men, unfortunately, but like, do you think that we have anything even remotely close nowadays? Like to me, it seems harder to like live and breathe chiropractic as much as it seemed like it was in those guys back then. Yeah, those guys were, um, they were mavericks. I mean, I remember my dad going on the radio. He ran for office because he wanted to change the world, you know, in our little community. Um, You know, they were just mavericks. They really, really tried hard. They didn't care what people thought of them. Um, And and they were straight chiropractors. It's funny because my dad moved to Arizona when I was in um, high school. And he told me he got an ultrasound unit. He goes, I'm a mixer now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so fancy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but they um they were doing everything they were out in the communities talking about chiropractic all the time um of course there wasn't social media and all that like there is now to squelch what they were doing so I mean they were talking it they were out there doing it living it you know nothing got them down yeah it's just interesting I um I feel like from women that write into the podcast there is and I've talked you know with Dr. Rosemary about this of like it feels like there's a sense of loneliness now within chiropractic a lot within chiropractic that there's this kind of like I feel up against Goliath in my town and I don't I feel alone and that's really Hard. And so it's just like trying to figure out like, how did those dudes do it? Like, how did they feel consistently feel so fearless and not alone? Um, and I think that's kind of part of the mission behind the WDC though. Yeah. They, would, they actually, like I was saying, they met monthly, you know, all like there was person. Yeah. In oh, person. Yeah. Obviously they didn't have zoom. Yeah. No, <laughs> they didn't zoom. no social media. They got together monthly. Um, they brought their families, like the guys would be in the basement meeting and the women and the kids would all be playing everywhere. And that's probably, and they'd have, um, in the summers they'd have chiropractic picnics and, you know, so they, mm-hmm. um, their community, I think is what raised them up. So I think now we're doing it online and that's kind of where we came, we come from with the women chiropractors is really trying yeah. to build a community of women chiropractors. Um, because I think I, I remember when, um, Cindy and I were talking about this, you know, starting this group that we, we were both alone. Cause I was at a point in my career where I needed somebody to talk to because no one around me was doing what I was doing, mm-hmm. but and it's like, you can't really talk about that because you know, you can't talk if you're doing really well, you know? And then Cindy was going through her personal challenges, you know, with her divorce. And we didn't really, we were looking for people to talk to and community, you know, have community with. And that's what prompted this whole program, you know, just to bring women together because we have really unique challenges. 
Yeah, share a little bit about that because when you and I did like a pre-talk before this, I had no idea that like the women chiropractors group on Facebook that has over 7,000 members. Almost 8,000. Yeah. Um, that you like started that. Yeah, I was um, just because it was what was going through with Cindy um, when she went through a divorce. She was one of the female chiropractors that married a chiropractor and um, she pretty much stayed home and raised the kids. She dabbling, you know, go see some pregnant women, you know, what all the women do. Mm-hmm. That was our assigned duty. Um, and then she'd go work a little bit, but um, well into their her career, her husband ended up leaving and he left her with the practice. And here she had not really practiced for all these years. So she didn't know how, you know, to build her practice or anything. So she started from scratch and she's asking for help from people. She, you know, reached out to me and because um, at that point, most of her family had um, died. So she had no one to really reach out to, you know, because she had three chiropractors in her family or two, three, her dad and two brother and her sister. And they were all gone. So um, myself, and then we have another cousin that um, she's close to that's also a chiropractor. You know, we really helped her. And then her community in the Detroit area, she had some friends that started helping her. So then she's, you know, uh, we were talking about Facebook and I said, well, maybe we should make a group. And, you know, I just started to learn about groups. And so we hired, we found somebody who was younger than us <laughs> to, you know, make the group. Yay for millennials. <laughs> yeah. So she actually created the group. And then um, we just started kind of talking in it. And then I posted something. I was on the ICPA group um, website and somebody was looking for something. I said, well, you should check out our women's Facebook group that we have. And then once I did that, this thing exploded and then it's just been going. I mean, we were like, wow, we have 700 people. Never did we think we'd be close to 8,000 actual chiropractors and students. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it is a blessing to have uh, such a positive group of women, but I do think that um, the pop-ups, you know, and just honestly, just in person too, it's, there's nothing that replaces like seeing a face and sharing yeah. a cup of coffee. And so, um, yeah, that's hard for me. I practice in a town or just in an area where there is one other female um, for like 50 miles. Oh, wow. So it's all men. Yeah. And um, and I'm like the weird one that like markets and does stuff. So even then like that female is like, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> You're my competition, you know, like this like lack mentality. And I'm like, why can't we just like hang? And yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I just got to like drive down to uh, Eau Claire or meet some friends and talk to Boston. Yeah. Okay. So you said you were in practice, you've been in practice 32 years. Yeah. Um, and you are strongly pediatric, right? Yeah. So are you about- only pediatric? I am now. Um, Yeah, I started, you know, I had that vision of um, healing or helping people with their health. When I got into chiropractic, um, I wanted to be a holistic doctor, you know, work via the spine, change health. Well, people wanted pain relief. And so I kind of fell into that. I was like giving them what they wanted and started to get burned out. And I, you know, and I was getting into my 30s and and I thought, well, I'm not going to have kids. So, and I really would like to, you know, follow my passion, my vision. And so I um, started the Diplomate program for um, pediatrics through the ICA. 
And um, my goal was, you know, I got the credentials, I'm going to see a lot of kids. And, you know, that's my dream. Um, and then while I was in the program, I actually met my husband, and um, we actually ended up pregnant. So um, anyway, that's another, I'll add to that later. But anyway, coming out of um, the pediatric program in 2006, I started focusing on kids. And then it got to the point in my practice where I could actually now exclusively say I only see kids and pregnant women as new patients. I still have some of my patients I see from before, but um, I have an associate now that helps with the adults. And then I just strictly do kids and pregnant women along with my older people <laughs> here and yeah. there. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then um, how did... I have so many questions. I've been trying to figure out which order to ask them in. So how did you transition to that? Like, how did you tell people, like, were you worried that there wasn't going to be enough? Because, I mean, you practice in a town of 60,000. Yeah, we're, but we're a suburb of Indianapolis. Plus, okay. we have people travel, you know, to us. Um, I think it got to a point where I was starting to just see an influx of new patients that were um, either pregnant or their kids. And that's why I had the foundation of, you know, I can just see them now. I don't need to see the adults as a new patient. And then I really, really um, started when I would talk to people, I'd say, you know, if I met, if I met them out and they wanted to come see me, I said, well, you'd have to see my associate because I just see kids. So I really it just feel even more like attractive. Yeah. And, like I can see so many people being really nervous about like, oh my gosh, would I make enough money? Would there be enough patients? But I think if I hear like, oh, you only see kids, like you yeah. won't see adults. Ooh, now I really want you to see. My <laughs> yeah. I know people would say, do you see adults too? And I'm like, well, if you really, really ask, <laughs> you know, if you know the special word to get in, but, but no, I don't, um, very rarely will I take an adult patient now at this point. So what did that do for your burnout? Cause you said you had kind of gotten like and it's so common, right? Like we just, we have, we're in school and we, I don't know if this is the same for you, but like, you know, you like imagine what this practice is going to be like, and it's going to be wonderful. And you're going to explain chiropractic and everyone's going to get it. Yeah. Right. And then you get like this guy who's just like, yeah, I need, I need to be fixed today. And you're like, this isn't what I pictured, but I really need a new patient because I'm trying to pay back my loans. Yes. And, um, and yeah, it can be. Exhausting. So what did that do for your burnout? Um, it is so fun now. I mean, it is so fun in practice. Um, because now it's like I don't I don't even say much because I'm not a really big talker. You know, I'm not a big one of those people that really hound my um philosophy down people's throat. But it's amazing how people are just getting it. And then pregnant women are just bringing their babies in. And I'm like, and to me, I'm amazed. It's like, wow, they're, they're really getting it. And I don't know if this is an innate passage. It's just going to them. But um, I feel like it's finally come into fruition what I've always envisioned. And now I'm seeing moms bring their kids in just because it's cold season, you know, and they want to get their adjustments so their kid doesn't get sick. And I'm like, I never really even talked to them about that. It's like, they're just getting it. And, and I think um, it's just so fun because it's now I'm practicing the way I wanted to. And now it wants me to, now it's kind of inspiring me to go further. Like, okay, I'm going to take this to the masses now. Cause now I have the, I've developed the confidence and the knowledge and I feel like I can just do it now. Whereas before, when you're first starting in practice, you're like, like you said, I just got to pay my bills. I'll take anybody, you know, mm -hmm. now it's different. It's a tough question, or at least I think it's a tough question. Um, 
do you think you could have started right out of the gates, zero dollars coming in, being this um, strong and like, nope, this is my dream and vision? Or do you think that kind of getting some patients under your belt, even though they weren't your ideal, like gave you a jumping off place to fine tune and create your dream practice? Yeah, I think I need because of my personality and being the way I am, I think if I was a more driver personality, I could do it the other way, but I'm not. And I'm, I'm like one-on-one. I got to get to know people, talk to them that way. Um, I would have probably, I recommend going niche to anybody for, but it would have, yeah, the way I did it, I built the confidence for sure. Um, my adjusting skills, everything. I had to build the confidence before I could do that. And then when I started seeing people coming in, and referring their babies and their kids in, then that built my confidence even more. And then now it's like, yeah, I'm there. And you know, I don't know if the driver thing, because so I am, I would say I'm a driver. Um, (laughs) Anybody who knows me is like, yeah, you think. And I've been asked before, because I've had an intern and some students shadow, and now we're like a 98% cash practice, right? Um, And they're like students are like, Oh, you know, do you, did you ever take insurance? I'm like, Oh yeah. When we first started, we were like 80 to 90% insurance. Um, and they're like, well, I want to start no insurance. And I'm like, that is cool. I don't know that I would have like, um, there is for me, I look back and honestly, I just, with my faith, I think that I wouldn't look back and change anything because it just like, it turned out the way it was supposed to. Like I look back and I'm like, you know, it was kind of nice to not be stressed about, because I think that I would have been sitting there, you know, on the day when you're first building and you're like, woohoo, I saw five people today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it would have been like, oh my gosh, what did I do? Should I have, should I this, should I that? And um, we grew kind of like a weed. And then it allowed me to see that I was like living this, you know, da, 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 life and experience that burnout. And there's so much to be learned from that of like, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, you experience what you don't like, and then it gives you the confidence because being cash is, I'm assuming you're cash. I should have asked. Actually, I'm not. Oh, you're not? Okay. Yeah. So like whatever, like whatever you stick as like, this is the practice that is important to me, it gets tested. Um, so whether it's cash versus insurance or pediatric versus geriatric or whatever, the universe likes to test it and likes to kind of like dangle that carrot of like you said, that this is what you want, but what about this? And if you haven't kind of experienced the other, it, I feel like it is a lot harder yeah. what, during those hard times to be tested of like, but since you've lived it, you're like, no, I ain't going there. I don't have no desire. I've been there, done that. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So do you market? You said like people are just kind of coming in and they just get it. Like, so you don't do any marketing or? No, I, um, I didn't, you know, I was in practice for a lot of years and we were seeing, you know, an average amount of people. And then I, um, I actually took this, um, signed up for this course with a guy that's not a chiropractor and, um, I started marketing and it was when the internet was becoming a thing and I would spend a whole day just like on the internet and learning about the internet and, um, doing some things that he talked about doing and, um, it tripled my practice, you know, just when I started marketing 
And now we're to the point, um, I think with social media and just the fact that we've gained a big reputation around the area that we really don't need to market. I still do like to, um, like I do Facebook lives interviewing local practitioners or local uh, resources for my patients. So I kind of keep out there all the time. I'm mm-hmm. you know, trying to stay relevant, but I really don't do any, I don't know, Facebook ads, Google ads. I don't try to rank high in the listings. Um, I don't do any events mainly unless, you know, I really want to support, um, you know, a cause or something, but right. um, yeah, we, we consistently have a lot of new patients, um, but you know, we do take insurance and that's, it's a low barrier of entry for us. And also it serves a population that, um, of babies that wouldn't come in ordinarily. And mm-hmm. so I really want to be able to help these babies. So yep, it's totally a- relate to that. That yeah. is one of the hardest things. Um, you know, I feel like there's so much, uh, what's the phrase? Like, we kind of like put this like, oh, you're a cash practice on like a pedestal. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like with it. And I don't feel like enough people talk about. So like in Wisconsin, Medicaid is actually fantastic. For yeah. Yeah. And I live in a county of 50,000 people where the median income is 42,000 for a household. And it's like, um, there's a lot of meth. And so therefore you have a lot of like foster children and children, you know, like, and it's something that like, I legit struggle with of like, shoot, should we, did I just go out of network because like, I wanted to like put that Girl Scout badge on of like, we're kids, you know? And so it's like, I I do struggle with it. And, um, you know, so it's not that yeah. yeah, Claudia Onrig and I were talking about that this year because she's a big pediatric practice out in California. And she's been in practice, I think, maybe a year later, longer than I have. And she was to ask me if I was cash. I said, no, I do insurance. And I and she says, are you going to go cash? And I said, maybe down the road. I said, but I've been in this so long. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, you develop your routines and it's like, you know, being in this 32 years, do I really want to, you know, change it up? you know, here you're thinking more retirement, not about like changing your whole mm-hmm. practice. So, and she agreed. She's like, yeah, why change anything when you've been doing it so long? So that's kind of where we're at. And, you know, really we collect 70% cash anyway, but right. it's, you know, but the patients can come in and especially yep. the Medicaid patients in which there are a ton of little babies, you know, that need help, you know, and mm-hmm. the foster kids, like you're saying that, you know, we see those too. And it's neat that the foster parents will bring them in, yep. you know, here. So yeah, totally agree. So let's pivot a little bit. Um, and let's talk about your daughter. Cause you kind of were like, Oh, that's a tangent. Yeah. Like I, you know what? I really honor and respect that you as a communication person were able to be like, I am not going to go down that tangent because I yeah. get sidetracked <laughs> by squirrels all the time. So yeah, let's circle back to your daughter. Yeah. Oh, that like changed everything. Yeah. So here I grew up a kid with, I mean, no vaccines, no medication, my very first antibiotic was when I was in labor with my daughter um, because I didn't have the strep test um, before I went into the hospital that they need, figured they needed to give me a prophylactic antibiotic. So, um, so I grew up this whole very holistic lifestyle. Um, ended up towards the end of my pregnancy, 34 weeks they needed to induce and get my daughter out because I had what's called HELP syndrome. I just say it's because I ate too many donuts, but it's like a, um, 
it's a really bad form of eclampsia. And if they don't get the baby out, there's a chance I could have died. So I didn't know that. <laughs> anyway, so she was born. Um, they tried to induce and it ended up being a C-section. And um, she was um, pretty, she was a healthy little baby. She was just little. She was only four pounds, seven ounces. Um, she, um, I believe when she was in me, I don't think she moved at all. So I think she was stuck in my pelvis. And you could see by her head, the shape of her head and everything, that there was something um, wrong. Um, she was in the NICU for 12 days. They gave her antibiotics right off the bat because they thought she had pneumonia, you know, and, and you feel helpless. You know, here you are, I'm in the diplomate program, I'm studying pediatrics and I'm letting them give my daughter, you know, antibiotics. Didn't let them do the vitamin K shot. Didn't let them do hep B, you know, but mm -hmm. antibiotics, um, which led to uh, first year of screaming every time she pooped. It was horrible, but I didn't even know, even at that time, didn't even know what to do about that. I didn't know about probiotics. I mean, this is how how um, chiropractic it was. I mean, I, we never did even really supplements, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, so we had that issue. She had the cranial issues. She couldn't hold her head up for like five, seven months. I can't remember. Um, she had this little, I called her a little dinosaur. She had this little tiny neck and this big head and they, it's bossing where it's like the forehead sticks out, the mm -hmm. back sticks out and it's like pushed in on the sides. Um, so I had her worked on by the top, you know, pediatric chiropractors that were teaching me. Um, you know, so we had like a rough year of just trying to help her. Yeah. And so then as she grew up, um, she was getting like monthly headaches. Um, very, and so I started taking her to natural doctors everywhere, trying to figure it out. Took her, had, um, you know, these headaches kept continuing. She went to body workers everywhere. I was studying more and more and more and just researching and trying to figure it out, talking to other doctors. And, um, you know, it was a struggle. Here I grew up a certain way. And now I'm having this daughter who, you know, is still not vaccinated, you know, no medications, just the antibiotic at birth, but she was still having these issues. So that really, really fueled my passion for infants um, and trying to figure out what's wrong with them. And so she's 15 now, um, through all the trials, all the doctor visits, all the body work things, um, nobody can find out what's causing these headaches. Um, she gets them quarterly now. And, um, I think what I've realized is it all comes back down to chiropractic. You know, I look way back at her birth history, the way her head was shaped. Um, and I think every time she goes through a growth spurt, it just pulls on her cranium and it just causes like a vertigo, vomiting, headachey kind of thing. So, you know, it, I just went back to my foundation and that's, you know, there's no pill that's going to fix this. There's nothing. So, um, but it did fuel me to really, I mean, I've studied um, primitive reflexes. I've studied um, nutrition, you know, everything because of trying to help her. Right. Yeah. So you feel like a failure, you know, as a doctor, you know, especially a board certified pediatric chiropractor. Yep. And God loves to mess with us. I think the most of like, oh, I, but it adds so much empathy too. like, um, we have a similar story with my second. Um, so both of my births were great. Um, 
So I got to put that Girl Scout badge on of like, no, <laughs> vaginal non-medicated birth. But then God was like, you know what? You're getting a little cocky for your britches. <laughs> it's uh, so true. Right. So about four days after my second was born, she had this like little pus thing around her umbilical cord. And I'm like, that's weird. What is that? And so I sent a photo to the midwife and they're like, oh, put like golden seal on it and blah, blah, blah. We'll watch it. I'm like, okay. So then like the couple days later, fast forward like five days, it's gotten worse. It's definitely gotten worse. And now she has multiple spots on her abdomen. Um, and we're like, okay, I think we should just go in. So we take her into urgent care. She's nine days old. They don't see babies like that in urgent care. So they send us to ER. And I'm just like, we're going to get like a topical fungal or, you know, whatever, like just what is type thing. So we go in and they're like, that's a staph infection. Oh my God. We are admitting your daughter for IV antibiotics for at least 48 hours. And so I'm just like, are you joking? I did all the things right to try and protect her from like the medical, like all the stuff and invasive and like let her have this like great and then they're like now we're just gonna like inject antibiotics into her oh, yeah. for 48 hours straight and I'm like oh no no right oh, I didn't get that badge uh so I'm glad your daughter turned out well you know that these um it wasn't anything you know need surgery that but like let's go back to her birth did you emotionally struggle with that ego of I had to have, cause I've sat in a room when I was, um, I remember being uh, in Jeannie Ohm's class for the ICPA and it was like day two and she is showing videos. I'm assuming you've done Jeannie Ohm's Webster class. Okay. She shows like C-sections and she yeah. does not hold back on the videos that she shows. And, um, and I remember this female chiropractor standing up, like she had a question she stood up and asked it. I don't even remember what the question was, but it had something to do with C-section and like, you could just tell, and she starts bawling because seven years ago she had to have a C-section and it was like it had happened last week. And you could just feel in the room, like, first of all, you just wanted to hug her and be like, girl, oh my gosh, this does not make you less of a mom, less of a chiropractor, but you could tell she was still carrying this, like, I didn't get that badge. And yeah. what does that say about me as a mom, as a, like, uh, you know, like we're supposed to be able to do this. We are told the body innately, as long as you do X, Y, and Z, this should be the outcome. And like, you could tell she was struggling. Was that something that you dealt with at all? Or you were just like, Meh. Oh God, no, it was horrible. Um, yeah, I just felt like, you know, I just felt like a failure. I felt like, you know, here I grew up this whole way. <laughs> you know, I did everything natural until I was 39 years old. And now it's like my whole life just changed in an instant. Um, it was horrible. I felt like I was robbed. Um, in fact, I didn't mention my daughter wouldn't nurse um, for like ever. And I was like, I am having, a, I'm having something. So I worked so hard. You didn't get the breastfeeding badge I, either. I wanted the breastfeeding badge. <laughs> I wanted something. I didn't get the birth I wanted. So I wanted something. So 
finally at eight weeks, right before I was ready to, well, just before I was ready to go back to work, she finally latched on and, you know, and I was like, hallelujah, I got my badge, but it was horrible. It, I felt like a failure. Um, but now looking back, um, I didn't, you know, I feel confident because I could fight the hospital that they did not inject her with anything while we were there, except the antibiotics. So she didn't get her vaccines. You know, they kept coming in with the paperwork and I, you know, so I felt confident there. I also feel like I call her my gift from God because, because of her, I have my story now. I remember thinking when I went to chiropractic school that everybody had a story why they became a chiropractor. They all had these like life-changing experiences. I'm like, well, I just kind of grew up this way and I like it, you know, but I didn't ever have that big story that, that fueled your passion. She's my story now. And because of her, I really, really want to help the infants um, because of, you know, the way that kids are being born these days. And now I know, and I've experienced it and I can empathize with the mom. So looking back, even though it was a horrible thing, um, I feel she's a gift, you know, and everything she went through. Yeah, you um, used, you know, the phrase that you can empathize with the mom. And we actually just did an episode a couple of weeks ago on sympathy versus empathy. Yeah. And I truly believe that, you know, having to do antibiotics and like things being feeling really out of my control um, allows me to be softer with parents. Um, that it's like, yeah, in an ideal world, you know, yeah. antibiotics are your child never gets a vaccine and an antibiotic and they just grow up to be wonderful. But like, it's scary. And when you're there in that situation and it's your child, like, I don't say this very often, but like, so I knew we were not going to vaccinate our kids. Um, really, I didn't question it for one second until I was holding her. Remember, like a couple days later, you know, she's three days old. This was my first, yeah. no yellow spots showing up on her stomach. Um, and I'm just looking at her and I'm like, oh, I want to protect you from everything. Oh. I would do everything. So then I'm like, oh, this, that, oh my gosh. And we didn't end up, but like, it's like, we, we talk about it. Like, it's just so easy to not vaccinate or it's so easy to not give them Motrin when they've got a fever and it's not I mean at least for me it's not I have to like be like no I believe in the power of the body like and yeah. like and then when sometimes it does get bad enough you go in and you're just like please help my baby like please like please real doctor help my baby <laughs> <laughs> no right talk about where she got it from I'm like ah. um, I think that's probably the benefit of being a chiropractic kid is um because I endured some of that stuff as a kid um it helped me be stronger for her as, yeah. when she was going through some of those things where I wasn't thinking okay first of all I will never do a vaccine on her um unless I'm you know help if I go to jail and have to do it I don't even think I'd do it then but anyway um because of how I grew up, you know, that I think is my foundation and embedded in me really well, but, um, I lost my train of thought, <laughs> but I think that's, um, that's the advantage. I think of being a chiropractic kid is growing up that way and never being exposed to any other, you know, in, it's, it's like, normal for you. Yeah. yeah. It's normal. So, you know, it's my husband's freaking out about stuff. Um, I'm like, 
it's okay. It's okay. We got, and we'll check in with the doctor, make sure everything's okay. But you know, as the doctor's handing me a slip for antibiotics, I'm like, does she really need it? I'll hold on to this. <laughs> yeah. It's well, yeah, I got it. Feel it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Um where so have you felt any guilt at any point about so you talked about like the birth. Um, but like, do you feel like moms, chiropractic moms specifically, put more pressure or feel more guilt? Like kind of going back to the Girl Scout badges, like, do we, where does this come from? <laughs> it's kind of a loaded question of like, do you think that there's any other profession that like goes through that as much as we do? You know, I don't know. I'm, um, I'm reading a lot of osteopathy stuff and I'm seeing a lot of correlation between them and us, like the old osteopaths, you know, and Mm -hmm. I don't know if they have something like that. Um, You know, maybe the naturopaths do. I don't know. I don't see that too. Like naturopaths being like, we only use tinctures. (laughs) I'm not sure. I would think so. Um, You know, just some of the people that I'm seeing, even some of the moms out there that are trying to live a holistic lifestyle, you know, and they have to resort to giving, you know, an antibiotic or they're given that choice, you know? Yeah, that's a good point that it's, um, it's not necessarily because we're chiropractors. It's, uh, we're, we kind of feel out here going against the medical model and it's not like natural. I mean, maybe it is for you because you're a chiro kid. Um, but like, I think it feels very um, unnatural to go so clearly against what the medical model and like the herd is doing. And you're like, okay, I mean, I'm going to do this thing over here, but then shoot, you kind of mess up and like, or you feel like you messed up and then you had to dip into the medical model and you're like, you question and yeah, it's messy. Yeah. So I think a lot of moms go through this, you know, especially ones that, um, are wanting to go more holistic for their kids, which there's a lot more of them now than I think. And that's the bad, you know, good and bad part about social media, you know, and that's what I was fearful for when social media became such a big thing was that the vaccination thing is really going to get out there. You know, before it was like under the radar, nobody really knew. And now that people are blasting it everywhere, um, it's out there. So it's neat to see more and more moms that are raising kids holistically, which I once, um, you know, the social media stuff started, I was like, wow, where were all these women, (laughs) you know? So it's really neat, you know, to see that. But um, yeah, I think the moms in general, and and you probably see it in your practice too. They, they struggle with it, you know, trying to decide. One of the things that I, will say to moms occasionally, you know, so like uh, a lot of times in our clinic, uh, we recommend once a week checks for kids, especially up until age five. Um, and, you know, I can kind of see this like let down, like, cause we check, we check in every 12 weeks just to make sure we, we use insight scanning just to like, make sure that this is still appropriate. Maybe do we need to do more or maybe we can go to every other. And so I'll see this, um, kind of like sigh of disappointment when I'm like, your daughter's doing fantastic at weekly. We're going to stay at weekly. And the parents, they feel like there's something wrong with their kids because again, up in here, like once a month is the golden, you yeah. know, if you're healthy, once a month is what you need from the chiropractor. Yeah. 
Um, and so I have to say to him, I said like, okay, here's the deal is you have to realize that you are choosing a different model than most of our neighbors and society. So if you were to put on social media right now, just left the chiropractor and she recommended that I keep little Daisy on once a week for the next two years. And I never do two years, but you know, whatever you would get just an message after message and comment being like, that's a crook. That's a scam. Oh my gosh. You should report them. Like, because that's not our society. But if you went on social media and said, well, we just left the pediatrician's office and my four-year-old, um, is, we're going to need to remove tonsils. So we're going to do surgery and remove one of her major immune organs. Um, and you know what? She got put on an anxiety medication that she'll take daily for at least the next year and we'll have to check in. You would get so many comments of, that's normal. Life is hard. You would get support and people would be like, mm, yep, sometimes that just happens. And it's like, Ugh. and so you, I have to like kind of remind them of like, you don't want that. Society is kind of weird. We're kind of messed up in how we look at what is normal and what is abnormal. And it's okay to feel different. And it, cause it is kind of harder over here because you don't have the herd going like, yeah, that's normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's great. That's a great analogy. Oh, and it, it kind of reminds them of like, oh yeah, that's right. Okay. That's what I have. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, okay. Well, so what I want to do is you mentioned that you have made lots of mistakes, like all of us have, right? <laughs> I feel like I just gather a new one every year for sure. Um, what would be one thing you'd want to leave a female chiropractor? Maybe she's feeling lonely. Maybe she is like really strong in her chiropractic philosophy. Um, but she is just kind of feeling isolated and alone and wondering like, is this the right thing? You know, what's a piece of advice that you would leave? Oh, find a community for sure. I mean, you know, start with the women chiropractors free group and then, um, you know, reach out, you know, to one of us on the board is, is, um, probably the best because we will connect you. And, um, that's, you know, kind of the biggest thing this community is doing is we have small communities within this huge community. And I think just chiropractic girlfriends, you know, and just talking, you know, to other chiropractors really, really helps. Um, then you won't feel isolated, you know, yeah. or, or just interact on social media, you know, in the chiropractic groups that you're comfortable with, you know? Yep. Yeah, find your find your tribe. Yes, exactly. Realize you're not alone. You're not a weirdo. I mean, you might be a weirdo, uh, but like that's okay. Find your weirdos. <laughs> There's a weirdo. Uh, thank you, thank you so much, Nancy. It was great having you on, and um, I look forward. I know I'll for sure see you at the annual convention in May. Yes, yeah. Um, but maybe we'll run into each other at other community events before then. So. That's right. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, until next week, She Slayers, have a great week and we hope you enjoyed this and we love you all so much. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. 
They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 